B. Mitch and Finley, 106.7 The Fan. Cowboys lost yesterday, don't forget. Right now, time to get to the BetQL guest line. <laughs> Sports betting is coming to Maryland. Don't place that first bet without checking with BetQL. BetQL analyzes every game to find you the most profitable betting opportunities. Get three free days of BetQL access by downloading the BetQL app or visiting BetQL.com. We go to the BetQL guest line to bring in our friend, Mr. John Kime from ESPN. Commander's reporter does a tremendous job. Kime, what's up, man? How are you? What up? What up, guys? How are you? What's up, man? Um, I want to get into the offense coordinator search and a whole bunch of things, Commanders, but let's just start with the divisional round and, and, and kind of what you saw and what you – well, how about that last play for Dallas? <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was drawn up, it's like – I used to coach my kids' flag football team. I'm like, hey, I know a good route to run when the center's one of those kind of guys. But it's not allowed in football. So, no, I mean, no. I, I'm, listen, I'm guessing the guy, somebody's supposed to lateral to him as he's coming up, but <laughs> it wasn't going to go anywhere. It was, you know, good try, good effort, maybe not even that. Yeah, that was one of those plays where it works so well <laughs> in practice because you told the defense what to do. Exactly. And, and, and you fooled yourself into believing that that crap will work in a real game. Yeah, like, hey, we're going to put Emmett here. They're not going to know what we're going to do with him. <laughs> right, right. I mean, yeah. Um, they have problems before that. Looking ahead to these games this weekend, like, who do you think? I think based on what we saw this past weekend, Cincy looks like the best team out of the four. Uh, this would be the, I, they play good deep. Philly looked pretty damn good, too, though. They did, and the one thing with with the Bengals too. And first of all, when Burrow is on like that, and you're throwing to guys like Jamar Chase, it is really hard to stop them. I mean, right. the touchdown he had to them in the back of the end zone is like it's a pinpoint throw, but a terrific catch. Like when you have a guy that can throw like that, and a guy who can catch like that, it is. I don't know. I mean, you. I guess you can stop or slow a lot of things, but, man, that's hard to stop in certain situations. And then when you look their matchup against Kansas City, and I know Mahomes keeps saying he's going to play, but you hear high ankle sprain, that's not good. Right. Yeah, but the the fact that he came back into the game tells me it's not as serious as as what you would think. But couldn't it be he was hopped up on, like, adrenaline? and then he will be hopped up on it, on that adrenaline? Not adrenaline, (laughs) adrenaline coming up? (laughs) But if it's and you're right, like he showed that he can hurt you from the pocket. There's no doubt. But as we know, like the strength in those times where um, and Cincinnati's played them well, first of all. But this other thing is, what happens when he has to make plays on the move? Can he do that? And that would be my concern. I think, like, I wouldn't be shocked if he plays. But like, you know, what's your ability to change directions? And if they put pressure on you, which they've been able to do. How do you then respond? That would be the question. Not you know, but I listen. I would never put anything past Mahomes. But you're right. There's different degrees of high ankle sprains. But I think you know. Every time you hear that, you're thinking the guy's out at least a few weeks. What, but what, it's, when you look at Joe Burrow's offensive line has been horrible, and now he has a lot of people yeah. missing. When is that going to catch up with Joe Burrow and, and his crew? It hasn't yet. And it and I mean, shoot. And, I mean, they had a bad line last year, and, yep. and they were able to overcome it because he, he and the receivers are that good. And, you know, it did, I guess it kind of shows you if you have an elite quarterback, there are things you can overcome. And right. I don't know because I wonder the same thing. And, you know, will Chris Jones be a terror this weekend? Fan. You would think so. Yeah, I mean, I love that guy. 
you know, so like I wonder, you know, about that as well. But he does have a knack for getting rid of the ball fast when he needs to, and you know that that's that's a question that I wonder about too. Uh, talking with our friend John Kime, Commanders reporter for ESPN. Um, you can follow him on Twitter at John underscore Kime. Check out the John Kime Report, his podcast on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. All right, let's switch gears to uh, the Burgundy and Gold here. Um, the team is now officially announced. They have interviewed Ken Zampezi, the in-house candidate, Pat Shermer, um, Eric Studsville, and, and Charles London. Studsville with the Dolphins, London with the Falcons. Um, I, I tip my hat that they are being transparent in the interview process and officially announcing right. it. It's smart. It, there's no reason not to. Um, what do you make of the candidates so far? Thomas Brown also going to interview. I believe you reported that first. Yeah. Um, I, I think... I think Studsville and London are more intriguing than the other fellas. I, I, I think Shermer might still be the leader in the clubhouse for who actually gets this thing. What do you make of the group? Yeah, I think it's interesting because you do have a guy like Shermer who clearly has the experience. And if you're a coach who's going into a year where, you know, you're going to have a new owner, I mean, you're, you know what it's like when there's a new owner. And if you haven't, if your best year so far is, is in terms of record is 8-8-1, eight, eight, and one, you don't get a lot of time to prove yourself. So do you go with something that is known? However, what is known about Shermer is, is what? I mean, is it, is it Sterling wreck? Right, exactly. So are worse. you right? And right. And so like, you know, is the risk more picking a guy without experience or picking the guy whose experience is what it is. And, you know, so I think that's, that's what's intriguing to me is which way you go and because, again, it's, you know, Ken Zampezi has some experience calling plays. He was in Cincinnati, had the one year, and then he got fired two games in. I don't know all that transpired there, but that's what we know. And then with London and Studesville and, and Thomas Brown, they don't have that experience. Now, Studesville had it as an interim coach, but it's kind of hard to judge off that. But, um, you know, but on the other hand, what if, what if, they're, what if they bring a different sort of energy to the job because it's a first time thing. And because, you know, um, maybe they have some different ideas about things they want to do and how to marry the run game and the pass game, et cetera. And you know, Stewsville has had success as a run game coordinator and he has a reputation for being very good with protections. You know, Brown is considered a guy who's kind of an up and comer and, you know, so do you, but he only has a few years of NFL experience but he's been with Sean McVay and, and he, he takes, he borrowed, you know, he hasn't coached with Kyle Shanahan, but my understanding is he kind of takes a lot from what he's done. So, you know, there's a lot there where you can say this could work because, but you don't know. So right. what's the biggest risk? What is the biggest? I think that's the question here. And we know with, with Ron, you know, there's, there's obviously going to be a value placed on familiarity, et cetera. Um, but I also think, you can't be wedded to a system. So if you're wedded to something and inflexible on it, I don't think it's the way that, that he would want to go. So the, the, there's like multiple issues here because right. let, let's say it's Brown or let's say Brown's who they want. If I'm Thomas Brown, I have maybe a, a tough time taking this gig because you come into a situation where – your O line is probably going to be rebuilt in some capacity, in some spots, if not all of them. And your quarterback is a question mark. 
Um, I, it, now, you never want to turn down a job when there's only 30 of them and there's even less than that and there's even less than that where you get to be the play caller. But I, right. I think you, it almost has to be one of these guys that may not have a ton of other options. Like, you saw Daryl Bevel turn down the interview. That's because he might yeah, have other options. Right. How much do you think, kind of like last year, they didn't want Wentz. Wentz is who they got. Yeah, How much right. do, you, do you think they land on somebody that they get rather than who was their top target? I've, that's a good question. Is there are 10 OC jobs open. Uh, not everybody's going after the same guys because you are, you know, they're different styles or different personnel, whatever. I know that they, you know, they would love to have talked to Jim Caldwell and Frank Wright for now. Those guys are looking at head coaching jobs. And I think Caldwell is going to stick to that kind of a search. So I don't know that he would get back on there. Um, I think it's a good question because you're also going into a situation where you know that this team is almost likely going to have to win. So do and do you have enough time to prove yourself as a play caller, especially if you haven't been that guy before? It takes some time to grow into that role. It's not like you just roll out of bed and you're like, hey, you know, you're a finished play caller. Like Sean McVay admitted when he was first here, certain things he had to learn early on, mm-hmm. and and it, and it took him a little bit. And he would, you know, I remember talking to him about that. I'm sure Kyle Shanahan had to go through a process of learning how to call plays because it's not, I think the mistake is sometimes you have all these plays in your play sheet. Hey, this is a good play. Let's call this. And that's not, that's not what makes a good play caller, you know? Um, So I think that's something that you, you'd weigh into it. If you're, if you're in a situation where you're a first time play caller, you want to put yourself in a position where you have a chance to succeed because like for a guy like Thomas Brown, he goes out there and does well. He's on a fast track to becoming a head coach. Totally. But that is also why he may end up doing this because he knows, like, for example, you're a minority um, coach who's an assistant head coach, but a tight ends coach. It's not the traditional path to, to a head coach necessarily. So do you get a chance to show more of who you are, even though it might be for some considered, you know, maybe not the ideal situation? I don't know that. I'll be honest, like you look at some of these OC jobs, I don't know that any of them are ideal. Right. There's, there, there's a reason why they're open. So you can look at each one and say, well, there's a flaw here because of this. But I think stability will you know, be a key. And, and what you think of, I think with Brown, I do know that he has deep interest in this job. And I think part of it is because the, you look at the skill talent and you look at Brian Robinson, the run game, um, and then it's what, what's your belief in how and what level he can play to with what you want to do. And so I think that would be appealing to him. So, you know, I think that I do think there's an appeal to him. And again, these jobs are hard to come by. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's, that's a lot of what it comes back to, but I don't know, JP, like when push comes to shove, is it a guy like Shermer who I don't know, I don't know who else is talking to him at this point. If anybody, I just don't know. Um, right. so would you, you know, is that, is he the fallback or, I mean, it could just be that Zampezi becomes that guy too, um, because he's here and you don't have to change much. And if put in, if it's a tie, does a tie go to the runner? Right. Right. So there's a, there's a lot of things to look at it, but I do think that for some, if you have a lot of choices, well, you're going to look at the place where you have, well, who's the best quarterback. Yep. And you know, it depends on who you talk to. Like I talked to someone the other day and they pointed that out right away. It's like, you know, they don't have a quarterback. Now, people can say, well, Sam Howell could be this. Yeah, he could be, but you don't know. And 
you know, there is some intrigue with him. We, we know that. But to what, what level, what's your opinion of him from last year's draft, right? What is someone's opinion of him from when he was coming out? So there's all sorts of questions to ask to get to that point. But I do think that, like, a guy like Brown, I do think he would be interested in this. Stu's the same. Like, that guy's been, he's, what is he, like 50? He hasn't, he hasn't had this kind of a chance, yeah. you know? So there is an appeal to that, and especially – you know, I mean, again, Beamish, you got, we all know this. Like, if you're a minority, it's hard to then elevate to a head coach, and this is a path. Yep. Um, so, John, a, a lot of it, talking with our friend John Kime from ESPN, you can give a follow at John underscore Kime. Um, a, a lot of what's going to happen here is quarterback dependent, I think. And, right. and whether you are intrigued by Howell or – or or not, frankly. I mean, he only right. has eleven NFL completions. Like, I, right. I, I find him intriguing. I, I yeah. find I find the, what we saw from him encouraging. But I don't know what you got there. Um, but interesting. Does that really make anybody super get excited? That see the thing about you. We saw the first two guys that had great experience and had clout. They say, I don't want to even interview. Right. I think you have to basically understand when you're trying to get people to come here. It's hard to get the best when you don't have really much. You, you can offer from the receivers. You can offer from a running back. But then they're going to say, where's my quarterback and where's the offensive line to block for him? Yeah, that's going to be a big, big question mark is what you think of him. And so it is hard to know. And, again, they can like, – I know that they really like him here, how. And, but that doesn't mean that somebody else is going to feel the same way. So, But I do think, like I said, with Brown, I kind of keep going back to him just because – I do believe there's there's legit interest for him in the position. So yeah. I mean, you know, that was the yeah, guy I, I I I you know 6 weeks ago said if this thing's going to open up, that's the guy they should go after. Yeah, and I so I think I think there's legit interest there. Um but again, like he's only been in the NFL since 2020 and not that not that he certainly not that he can't do it, but you just but there's less of the track record <laughs> which in some cases is good and bad. Right. Um, but, but I also know, like, there's – and here's the other thing that I also – and, JP, maybe you – if you guys – or BMS, too, you guys know, like, I think they need a, a certain energy in that room. And it doesn't mean – it doesn't mean being on the field and being boisterous and loud and, and all that. It means bringing energy with your ideas and your approach to offensive play calling and the game plan and having players feeling good walking out of the room – after you install the game plan, that yep. kind of energy, the confidence that comes from that. And I don't think they've had that. So I think whoever can do that and can sell that, um, which is something that I always go back to Kyle Shanahan on that, and I think McVay too, but they were masters at that, especially Kyle. So, yeah. you know, I think that's where I talk about like energies and approach, who's going to be that guy. And I think that matters too, but you know, I think the approach to the run game, what's your belief there and how do you then, you know, marry the pass game off that. And how do you get to that? How do you protect a quarterback? How do you protect a young quarterback? Yeah. What are the quarterbacks you've worked with to show us that, right? If you're, if you're watching, that's what you're going to ask them. So, you know, I think it's, I think it's all of that, but. I really think that, that marrying the pass game to the run game has to happen because last year our pass game and run game was not married. And that's why we didn't yeah, get a lot a of movement from when we tried to run a play action, a lot of people didn't get bothered by it. Right. That, and that's something we've heard for a couple of years, right? So I think that's, that's a big thing. That's why like, I love watching what the Niners have done with Brock Purdy because 
how many times do you see him like throwing to an open guy or throwing from a pocket that was created that's a good pocket because of the action of the play and what it created? And, you know, I always go back to when they talk about running two to one, the ratio. I think San Francisco is a run-based offense. They probably pass a little bit more, but they're run-based offense because, first of all, they, the way they run the ball, but also because of what's based off their run game. So everything is based off that, and it creates a good situation for a quarterback. Can you do that? If you can, then you can be successful with a guy like Howell if you continue to build up that old line. So it's funny you said that because there is like this incorrect notion that being run first mandates you have a prehistoric offense, like what we saw from right. Callahan in 2019. You can be a run-first team <laughs> yeah. and still, still be creative. Yeah. yeah look at the Eagles. Shanahan, the Eagles. <laughs> Dude, McVay's yes. a run-first guy. Like, all of those guys. Look how, well, look how well Cincinnati ran the ball the other day. Right, exactly. And then look oh, at the yeah. receivers they had. Um, yeah. But, John, I, I wanted to just do one more thing with you. Um, when you look at when Vegas puts out the numbers in August or whatever about, you know, who are the favorites to win the Super Bowl, the Cowboys are always really high up, mostly just because people will always bet on the Cowboys. Right, right. Now, right now you see, usually it's these offshore betting places putting up odds on what team's going to get Lamar Jackson, what team's going to get Derek Carr. And the commanders are always really high on those lists. I think largely because there's this. They're always looking for quarterbacks. There's this national. They're looking for quarterbacks, and there's this national national reputation that they'll go after anybody. Do you see any any way that Derek Carr or Lamar Jack? Well, let's start with Lamar because I think that one's easy to just dismiss. Do you think there's any way Lamar ends up in Ashburn? No. Not at all. Okay, me too. Uh, what about Carr? Because I don't see it at all. You're, no. I, I just don't see it. But And yet we're going to hear these rumors. I don't see it either and because I don't see them giving up the the picks and the money to get him. Totally it just, agree. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense for where they're at in their with, with their offense and what they want to do, which is build out that old line. If you want to build out that old line, you're giving up, you know, the picks. And then cap space, it doesn't make sense. And so I, I don't think I don't. I'd be really surprised if they did that. Now the question is, what if he's a free agent? Um, you know, they clearly liked him in the past. But I also, if you're a car, I mean, it doesn't. This, you know, based on what he has said, it just doesn't sound like somewhere that he would want to come. Um, so just based on like some of his criteria, it's like it did. I'm not sure that Washington fits that. But I don't think that they're going to go after him either. So, yeah. well, I don't think he'll. Uh, I think a guy if, like him, he doesn't know what this team is going to be in a year. And the ownership well, questions true. make it impossible. Yeah. I think yeah. to. Yeah. I think that's where you're. I think that's where you're. Like, if you're someone else coming here, it's like you don't know who it's going to be in a, in a year. So, you know, if you have other choices, you're going to go somewhere else. But again, I don't think they would go after him either. Um, but if you're, if you again, if you have choices. Like, okay, this, this place, we, I know who the owner is. And, and for some places, some people may not matter, but you don't want to be back out there. What if the new owner brings it, the new owners bring in a new staff? And then you're, you know, if, if it doesn't go great, right? We don't know what it's going to go, how it's going to go. We have no clue what an owner would think if, let's say they go 10 and 7 next year um, and, they, and they, you know, lose in the first round of the playoffs. Like, wh- how does another owner react, right? We don't know. It, you know, what if they go? You know, if they go ten and seven and win a game, you might think, "Oh, he's back." And the owner says, "No, I want this guy because this is who I've always wanted." We don't know how a new owner is going to think. Yeah. So if you're a quarterback, 
do you tr- if you're a quarterback with choices, do you view it the same way? And again, I don't know that they would. I don't think they would go after him anyways to tie up that cap space in one guy, especially if you're trying to re-sign Deron Payne um, and you're trying to make some other moves to put yourself in a better spot to invest all that. I think this year it feels like they're taking a different approach than they did last offseason. They need to. Uh, mm-hmm. Last offseason was kind of a disaster. Yep. Uh, they need John, to build up that old line, and they know that. Oh, my goodness, do they. They tried the cheap veteran that we know route, and it – Backfire. Yeah, they, they have to improve there first and foremost and go from there. John, thank you for the time, man. Always appreciate it. Everybody give him a follow at John underscore Kime. Always enjoy, guys. Hi, Thanks. John. Be cool, brother. That's our guy, John yeah. Kime. When we return, let's talk a little Dak versus Kirk. Don't go anywhere. Oh, Lord.